What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Uh, hey. How you doing? Uh, been better? Been better. This is episode 56 of the Big Easy Bets podcast, brought to you by the Neutral Ground Sports Network, and again, brought to you by Vigit, the sp- social network for basically anything and everything sports. Uh, it's a very cool app. Go use the promo code. Big easy bets, all lowercase, all one word. Get a free thousand vig coins off the bat. We're on there. We had our picks out. We went joining the contest that they have. It's a pretty cool idea, uh, cool app. So you can go see who we're taking. Um, the whole nine yards. Get advice from inside guys. Uh, see what which way the lines are trending. All of that. Very cool. Um, all right. So let's recap college. We got NFL coming up again. Uh, we've got our first. COVID outbreak in the NFL. I wouldn't really call it much of an outbreak, but it's what they're calling it. Three players on the Titans uh, tested positive. One was the long snapper, uh, a nose tackle, and then somebody on the practice squad. Not really time to sound the alarm, but we are. Uh, Then I think there was two other um, coaching staff personnel. uh, It could be trainers for all I know. They also tested positive. So are are you pressing the panic button? canceling the season oh no but uh, you know i wonder what would <clears throat> what would happen if they like decide they can't play the game uh from what i saw they would probably just switch around by weeks okay just a simple by week switch um really probably wouldn't be that difficult um yeah the vikings are quarantining but they 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 haven't had anybody test positive. They're just doing it out of precaution because they just played the Titans. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not hitting the panic button. Baseball had an outbreak. Uh, college football has been postponing games. I know it's a little different with the NFL, but they had to have plans in place to be prepared for this, and this isn't even an outbreak. This was three players. So this isn't anything to yeah, and they can, freak they, out about. They got those chips on them for the most part where they're tracking uh, – <clears throat> everybody that they've been in contact with. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that the NFL has this most under control out of everybody else. What chips is it? What like? I don't know what they're called, but they're these little wristbands, and oh, it just okay. tracks how okay. close each uh, players are that's to actually each other. Pretty, that's pretty smart. Like at practice, they're always wearing them, <clears throat> yeah. coaches and all the staff and all that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, let's recap what was a pretty uh, roller coaster of a week. Um, I would say college and NFL. So we'll start with college. Um, my big easy bet of the week. First game of the day for me was Florida minus 14. <clears throat> this game was, um, I mean, controlled by Florida to an extent. Their offense looked incredible. Uh, the Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, Kyle to Kyle connection was fucking incredible. Just as I said, it would be um, Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask both went crazy. Trask tied Joe Burrow's record of six touchdowns. Kyle Pitts had eight catches, 170 yards, and four touchdowns. This guy's a tight end, best tight end in the country. Uh, Their offense looked ridiculous. Um, You got 
Damian Pierce and Malik Davis, little twin-headed uh, running back, stable back there. Um, so, yeah, no, Florida's offense looked great. Ole Miss, their defense looked pretty shitty, like I was expecting it to. But surprisingly to me, Todd Grantham's Florida defense looked like shit. Um, they were getting exposed by Ole Miss pretty much all day. So this one came down to the wire because Lane Kiffin definitely had fucking money on this game. <laughs> um, we're at walk-ons watching this, just minding my own business. And then they're up a good bit. They end up letting um, – so I can't remember the exact scenario, but I know Ole Miss scores to make it a 16-point game, and these assholes try to go for two. Why the fuck are you going for two? Um, <clears throat> so they go for two, don't get it. I'm pumped up. I'm like, all right, good. We're about to leave. No, surprise onside kick, and they fucking get it. They get the onside kick. So what, what – I mean, what are we doing, Lane? Can we investigate Lane Kiffin? Because he's fucking betting on these games 100%. Um, so luckily they get held. They get stopped. Uh, Florida covers. They win by 15 on a 14-point spread. Never in doubt. My big easy bet of the week. Um, so I finally broke the seal on big easy bets. Uh. Your big easy bet of the week was? LSU. And I had LSU as well. Uh, I did not feel great about it. I'm not going to lie. I had it down on my paper. You convinced me with your Go Tigers. I said I'm going to hop on it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we all saw what happened. 16 and a half point favorites. Lose outright by 10. Not a good game. Derek Stingley being out played a huge part in that. I even texted. Yeah, we didn't know that. We didn't know that till the day of. I texted Nick and asked him if we should pull it from the board, but we'd already given it out on the podcast, so we decided to leave it. Uh, Stingley being out it played a huge, a huge role in this game. Um, everybody wants to come drag Miles Brennan through the mud. I think that's ridiculous. Miles Brennan played solid enough. The defense struggled. But I don't know. It's just that that fucking air raid offense with Mike Leach is just weird. Because if you look at the defensive side of the ball, like we got a turnover. We got actually we got two turnovers, a pick six. Should have had a third turnover. Um, got a few sacks on Costello, the Stanford transfer who looks like fucking all world quarterback until this week. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> I'm not worried. Yeah. No. I mean, it happens. Like I, obviously losing um, sucks is not good for the season because of the shortened season and all of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, always with one loss in the SEC, you still control your own destiny. And what I saw from LSU, it's not like I don't think we have a chance to be good because I saw a lot of places. I saw a pass rush that was uh, pretty yep. decent. But, I mean, when you rush – they threw it 60-something times. So when you rush in the passer 60-something times. Yeah, you're going to get gassed. Yeah, it's going to be hard to maintain a good pass rush. And then you have to look at the offensive side of the ball. Uh, 27 points that they scored because uh, the defense scored one mm-hmm. uh, touchdown from an interception. But Yeah, I mean, we saw a wide-open McMath. That I just saw a lot of mistakes being – okay, there's, there's question marks in the secondary, but – uh, Mike Leach's offense is going to make a lot of secondaries look like they have problems because yeah. it's it's a a hard thing to figure out how to guard, and then I think they had it's nine, hard to cover the yards. receiver sixty something times. Yeah, they had the whole they night. had like nine yards rushing. I think. Yeah, sixteen attempts with nine nine rushing yards. Yeah. So we have the best rush defense in the country. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah, in theory we do, and statistically. What I saw from the offense was just our, our offensive line was being tricked a lot 
Uh, they were running a lot of stunts and games up front with the defensive linemen, uh, catching us off guard. There was a lot of times where uh, some of our offensive linemen didn't even get a hand on some of the our rushers, so you can't put uh, all of that on Brennan. Yeah, you can't blame Brennan for this. I mean, he's not Joe Burrow. He's not uh, – Joe Burrow just had this demeanor about him where, like, if Joe Burrow was our quarterback, the pass rush would be affecting him, but – it wouldn't mess with his confidence at all. And, yeah, no, and he wouldn't get rattled. Brennan's a little bit of different personality. Uh, I mean, granted, it is his only his first start. But I expect LSU to bounce back this week against uh, a Vanderbilt team who seems to be a little bit improved from last year, but I don't see them giving us trouble like Mississippi State did. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, what I've been saying, everybody, is if you're coming into this season with national championship expectations, I think that's just kind of stupid. Like, you can – root for it and all that but to expect it I, I don't know I don't understand that we set a record with the amount of players that we lost to the draft um you you don't when you have the greatest team of all time you're going to lose a lot of players because they're that good they're going to go to the they're going to go to the NFL so this shouldn't turn into a drag miles burning through the mud type of year like people in his Instagram comments are coming at him telling him he's a fucking bum and he's he sucks and this and that like support the guy uh Watch him grow as a quarterback, root for him, and hopefully, I mean, obviously the goal is to win games and have success, get to a really good bowl game. But we should also root for him to be able to go to the NFL too, like go have an NFL career. Yeah, and I think he will. I think he will too. But a lot of people, a lot of people are saying we need to bench him and this and that. It's a, it's a first game. Oh, he's been in the organization for four years. Who gives a fuck? He hasn't been in live action in meaningful games. I can promise she's the best guy we have. Yeah, and much like fucking Drew Brees is, but everybody Look, Mississippi wants to... State surprised um, LSU. Yeah. Like I said, the pass rush was better than I expected it to be, and then the offense, their offense, I mean, of course you're going to expect the Mike Leach offense to be able to move the ball, but I didn't think they would be as effective as, as they were. Yeah. But, of course, I thought Derek Stingley, the best player in college football, was going to be yep. on LSU's side. But yep. he got sick. Unfortunately, but he will be back this week from what I'm reading. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, LSU minus 16 and a half. It was a loss for both of us. Um, you had Georgia State who got uh, postponed every one, at least one or two of your games. Yeah, and they found out that <clears> – <throat> The game got postponed because of false positives. Yeah. So that sucks. So I had two different 27-point spreads. Uh, Alabama was 27.5. UCF was 27. Both were looking good. Um, Bama pulls the starters in the third quarter. It's the second time this year I've gotten fucking hosed. Uh, First time was with Clemson versus Wake Forest. They're hammering them. Um, Pull the starters third quarter. The backups suck. Fucking let them come back, cover the spread. So that's twice now. So that's unfortunate. Um, it was looking great. If they leave the starters and they win by 60. Uh, UCF, th- this game was actually on bad beats uh, for the spread and for the over-under. Um, so late fucking rushing touchdown by ECU covers the spread, uh, covers the 27-point spread. So honestly, two two good picks in my opinion. Um, the Bama one definitely, they pull the fucking starters with a couple minutes left in the third quarter and then – all hell broke loose from there. But so two losses there. Um, but the next game, we had Iowa State versus TCU. Iowa State was two and a half point favorites. What was looking like the fucking worst beat of all time turned into um, 
the the greatest show of integrity and uh, I, I don't even know I don't even know what I could use to describe it. Just a coach with class. Um, Iowa State two and a half point favorites. They were up what nine? Yeah, they're up. They were up nine. Um, last second heave from TCU prayer, and he catches it in the end zone. Unbelievable! Can't fucking believe it. Um, and then so. Time's expired. No time on the clock. And the difference in this, I think, was that the Iowa State coach began running on the field to go shake hands with Gary Patterson. And then the players started going to the locker room. And the referees are like, whoa, 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 back up. Like, we got to take the extra point. Well, Gary Patterson, in the greatest show of class that I've ever seen, waves off the extra point, says, don't need it. Let's go. We're done here. And we covered the two-and-a-half-point spread after what was looking like the fucking worst beat of all time. Gary Patterson, I thank you. I wish you nothing but success, except probably this week because I'm probably going to bet against you. But uh, that was great to see. I needed that. Uh, it, just fucking scratching and clawing for every single win this week that we got and then getting screwed on two of them. So two and three on the week for me. Uh, you had Army plus 14. How did that turn out? So Army got off to a really fast start. They scored the first touchdown on a defensive fumble recovery. Scoop and score. And then I think in the very next possession, they might have intercepted Desmond Ritter. So all the momentum early in this game was uh, on Army's side. And uh, I don't know. that They ended up losing by 14, so it was a push. But uh, if you got to spread a little bit late, you probably got 12 or 13 points, something like that, so you lost. But I did put out a... a one bonus bet this week, and it was to take Army in the first half plus seven, and and they covered that because of the fast start that I thought they were going to get out to, but it didn't come on offense. Um, Cincinnati's defensive line is the real deal. Uh, Army's offensive line could not block them, so they had a very hard time running the triple option. There was a lot of negative plays for Army in this game, especially uh, in the first half where Army did have a chance to be leading at halftime, I feel like, but uh, it was Cincinnati's defense defense that uh, prevented that from happening. But yeah, overall, Army got the ball moving a little bit, but uh, Cincinnati ended up covering, uh, pushing the fourteen the end, point yeah. spread. So then you had Arkansas plus twenty six and a half. This was a tale of two halves, if I've ever seen it. Um, Arkansas was looking like. A completely different team. Felipe Franks was looking like the Felipe Franks of old. Yeah, and uh, it started out early. Arkansas stri- uh, scored first, I think, on a seven uh, on a touchdown pass. It was a pretty good pass by Felipe Franks to a pretty wide open tight end. Um, I think it was in the third quarter before this game got out of hand that Arkansas was losing. Yeah, they opened up the floodgates on him pretty quick. Um, what was it? What do you mean? The final score? Was it? It was ten to five at one point. Yeah, it was I a weird it being score because like weird. Was, yeah, yeah. No, there was. Yeah, a, and that's a big thing to mention is the five when it was five because um, Georgia scored a safety. That was that double reverse, right? and that ended up being the difference in this one because um, if that safety doesn't happen, then Arkansas would have lost by twenty five points, and we would have covered. But Arkansas loses by twenty seven because. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it was like 10 to 5 at half. Georgia right? kept trying to score. Like yeah. it was like they scored a, a lot of points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they were trying to score a touchdown toward the end and they end up kicking a field goal to cover like with a minute left or some crap. <clears throat> it was kind of like you expect Arkansas just to run a clock out and they mm-hmm. could have in that situation, I feel like. Yep. So not a great week. Um, very easily, in my opinion, I very easily could have been uh, four and one. Really should have been four and one. That just shows how fucking ag- like annoying those fucking backdoor covers can be. Very easily should have been four and one. Um, but nonetheless, I go two and three. Brings my overall record to six and ten. I did hit my big easy bet though, the most important one of the week. So that brings me to one and three for my locks of the week. Nick went oh two and one. Uh, your worst week by far since the start, um, and honestly, it could always be worse than that. So that brings him to four, six, and one. He is also one and three on his locks of the week. Six, eleven, and one overall record combined for us, and two and five on our big easy bets. So we are struggling in college football. It's been a very weird season. Uh, you got teams not practicing, not hitting each other in practice. Uh, so we've been trying to navigate the COVID off season for sure, but um. I mean, it was right, right there for a four and one record for me. Um, but so I'm scratching. I'm I'm almost to the surface. Um, so then, you want to make our picks and then recap NFL, or you want to just quickly recap through NFL? We can just recap quickly. All right, Thursday night we both were on the Dolphins plus three, easy, easy, easy win. Um, slaughtered the Jaguars. Minshew mania is what I keep hearing. No, it's Fitzmagic. Um, but I mean, just one hit wonder for sure. Um, my big easy bet of the week was looking like the fucking easiest bet I had all week. Falcons minus three and a half over the Bears. Well, the Bears, with that damn ace up their sleeve, they pull Trubisky out the game. So, in, come, in comes Nick Foles. Um, really, this game shouldn't have been close. He threw two terrible balls to Oliver, number 26, the DB for Atlanta. Went right through his hands. Um Fuck you. You can't catch at all. It's ridiculous. It went right through his hands. Would have sealed the game. I mean, they wouldn't have had enough time. There's no way. Uh, Nonetheless, Falcons, 99% chance of winning this game, and they find a way to blow it, just like they did last week. 99% chance to win the game against Dallas in the fourth quarter. They blow it. 16-point lead in the fucking fourth quarter, and you blow the game. Yeah, this one cost me a lot of money. I bet on the the Falcons and two different types of bets. Um, And, yeah, dude, you're up 16 no, it, it's fucking so It's like I was watching the game, but I was also watching other games because I had a, a five-team teaser going, and, like, all the other games were looking good. And, actually, I had the Texans, and I teased the line to 10.5, and, and the Steelers were up by, were up by 7, 28 to 21, and the Steelers were driving. It was, like, third down, and they were in opponent's territory. And I'm just hoping they hold him to a field goal here. It's third and nine. They throw a quick screen. The frickin' wide receiver gets all the way down to the one-yard line. <laughs> well, at that point, there's not enough time. I'm just hope. I don't know what I'm hoping for, but the Steelers <laughs> ended up kneeling it three times at the <laughs> one-yard line. So I was like, yes. Well, then the Falcons, luckily, I teased this line to the Falcons plus four, and the, the Falcons end up losing by four. If they were lost by five, I would have been tripping. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so just – Another another perfect example. So I ended up going over all three and two in the NFL. Should have been fucking four and one. Four and one. Should have been four and one in NFL and college. But because fucking Dan Quinn. I hope Dan Quinn gets fired right now. Matt Ryan's a fucking bum. 
That last throw was terrible. The Falcons suck dick, dude. I'm so tired. It, this was the easiest fucking pick. This one stood out to me immediately. I was like, that's the fucking spot. That's, that's the pick right there. Falcons. And they were a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. Fucking Nick Foles comes in and does what he fucking does. I, Mitchell Trubisky's benched. He's not playing this week. Good. You fucking suck. I wish they would have kept you in, though. But So, whatever. That was my big easy bet of the week. They blow it. 99% chance to win. They blow it. Um, We were both on the Buccaneers. That was your big easy bet of the week. That fucking easy pick right there. I think they won 28 to 10. I'm honestly shocked that the spread was where it was. Uh, a Broncos team without their starting quarterback, who even their starter's not that good, so you know the backup's not that fucking good. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, it went down to um, five and a half yeah. for like late Saturday night, and then Sunday morning it was back at six. But yeah, I was surprised it didn't grow more. Yeah, we both had Chiefs on Monday night plus three and a half. Um, Easy, easy pick. You're giving that offense fucking plus three and a half. I mean, what are we doing? Lamar Jackson had 96 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes is fucking incredible, I will say. Absolutely incredible. Um, I had the Cowboys plus four and a half. I mean, back and forth game. They had a chance to cover. Um, didn't get it done. But I will say I profited pretty good this week. I uh, I did do a teaser, which I never do teasers. I think it was a – I sent it to you. I think it was a six-team teaser. Um, six and a half point teaser, teased the lines down, and I ended up getting the whole time I thought I was fucked because the Eagles mm-hmm. tied. And I had I thought I had a minus a half point, but they were plus a half point. So I ended up winning. And I didn't even know. You texted me and you're like, your teaser's still alive. I'm like, no, it's not fucking alive. And I go back and look, I'm like, oh my God. I was so pissed when they didn't attempt the field goal. I said, Are you kidding me? You fucking playing for a tie? I was furious. But um, Nonetheless, made money, but two or three and two on the podcast. Uh, you went three and one. You were on the only loss was on the Saints minus three. I really don't have the energy to dive into breaking down a Saints game. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I will say Drew Brees is not the problem. Look, the Saints look good in this game. I don't care what anybody says. The Saints looked much better in this game. Penalties cost us again, but uh, that's the main critique on defense was uh, the penalties, but. Okay, I put a, I obviously I put an article out about a few articles out about this game on uh tngsportsnetwork.com. Um what are your thoughts on Taysom Hill? That's the only thing I really want to touch on. I think it's okay for him to come into the game, but I'm gonna be honest with you right now. Um I don't think the read option is a effective play call and I'd like to see uh some statistics on how many yards we've gained off of running yeah. the read option. So what I said was I think Taysom Hill's an asset. I think he's a weapon that we can utilize. I don't want to fucking see Taysom Hill with the ball in his hands having to decide what to do with the ball. I want Taysom Hill to know when he gets the ball to fucking go because we either passed it to him or we hand it off to him on a run play. I don't want him deciding where to throw the ball or whether than whether or not to hand it to Murray and go, or take it himself and go because you can't convince me that that wasn't predetermined. There's no way. That or he's blind. He's either blind or he predetermined he was taking the ball and not giving it to Murray because it was wide the fuck open for Murray and he decides to take it himself and take on Zadarius Smith and fumbles. Right after the defense makes the biggest play of the game on either side, the biggest play, Malcolm Jenkins hits him at the line and then fucking Lattimore cleans it up, maybe vice versa, but those two, 
combined to make the biggest play the defense made all game. And then two plays later, we fucking give it to Taysom Hill, and he fucks it up. He puts the ball on the ground. We give it right back to him on a short field. Like, what the fuck are we doing? You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Stop taking it out of your Hall of Fame quarterback's hands, who's made his money by making good decisions. Yeah, the only time, look, I think, I don't like when I see Taysom Hill come in and line up at quarterback. No, my dad fucking hates it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And the only right, re, the only play that I think they should run with him lining up at quarterback is hike it to him and let him run. Don't yeah. fake any handoffs. Draw. Quarterback draw. Don't do anything or quarterback power or something like that. But, no, like you said, dude, let me tell you something. If the, if he doesn't fumble that ball, the Saints are going to win, win the, the game. Win the, win the damn football game. game. And I'm going to likely win my bet or push Yes, in worst-case scenario. But we, we fucking we scored on four consecutive possessions. Stop taking it out of Drew Brees' hands. We're four running it right down their damn heads. Latavius Murray averaged five yards a carry. Hand the ball to fucking Latavius Murray. Yeah, Taysom. Not to mention what Alvin Kamara did. We yeah, Kamara is worth every fucking penny. So all of those Kamara wasn't worth the money takes. Horrendous. If every we didn't have Alvin Kamara, we wouldn't score touchdowns no, this season. No, he scored fucking two touchdowns at least in every single game this he year. He has six touchdowns so far. Yeah, it, it's it's blasphemy that people thought he wasn't worth the money. So, I, dude, we paid Taysom Hill fourteen or fifteen million dollars for like sixty-three all-purpose yards through three weeks. Everybody fucking wants Taysom Hill to be the quarterback of the future, mainly white people because he plays a black style quarterback as a white guy. Let's call it for what it is. I fucking just put out an article on how Lamar Jackson is an average quarterback at best. Unpopular opinion. Average quarterback at best, Lamar Jackson. If you listen to this podcast last year, you've heard me say it many a times. I will take Lamar Jackson 10 out of fucking 10 times as my quarterback before I take Taysom Hill. Everybody fell in love with Taysom Hill when he threw that deep ball to Deontay Harris in the playoffs, he underthrew the fuck out of that ball. If that ball's on the money, it's a walk-in touchdown. He had to come back to it and fall down. Oh, but Taysom sparked the offense. No, Taysom didn't spark the offense. Taysom threw an average deep ball to a guy who's faster than everybody on the fucking field and underthrew him, and he had to come back and make a great catch, and Xavier Rhodes missed it by a fucking inch. If that ball leads him, it's a touchdown, easily. It's not like he came in and threw a fucking strike. Yeah, um... And that's all they saw, but now they want Taysom to be the quarterback because of that throw. I don't agree with it. I don't think Taysom will ever be the quarterback. Um, all the fucking dusty white guys out there that fucking don't like Jameis Winston, get ready because he'll be our quarterback way before Taysom Hill will. Yeah. My, no doubt. I don't, I don't think Taysom Hill is a court, uh, uh, NFL quarterback. He barely completed 50% of his passes in college for his career, and he almost always had a one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio. So... If Drew Brees retires after this season, the guy's Jameis Winston. Yeah, 110%. So y'all better buckle up and get ready. Um, but Taysom Hill lost us that fucking game. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, And I, I don't want to really go any further into it than that. We've got shit that we got to clean up, obviously. Dennis Allen and Sean Payton are the, the ones who I'm looking at the most. Play calling on both sides has been suspect, in my opinion. Yeah, I do think that we've been putting a little bit too much stress on our defensive backs, especially... I need Cam Jordan to show the fuck up this the week. Offenses that we're going against are catching us in man coverage and getting us beat downfield a lot. Yeah, and it's a problem. Um, 
because other than that, we seem to be playing pretty good other than letting up these big plays. No, yeah, if you go look at the stats, we're really not giving up that many yards. Right. If you, if you like, other than I pe- mean, it, penalty it, yards If you look suck. at the statistics, uh, Drew Brees outperformed Aaron Rodgers in that game. No, yeah, he definitely did. So, but everybody wants to say, oh, well, he checked it down to Alvin Kamara and he ran at 52 yards. Yeah, well, fucking Aaron Rodgers got penalties and put him on the inside the five-yard line for two of his touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, let's call it for what it is. Um, but, yeah, regardless, you were on the Saints minus three. It was your only, only loss of the week. You went three and one, hit your big easy bet. I went three and two. I did not hit my big easy bet. That brings me to eight and six overall, and you did a very good nine and three overall. I'm one and two on my big easy bets. Did I not adjust yours? Yeah, I'm two and one. Two and one. Okay. So yeah, I'm one and two. He's two and one in his big easy bets. Collectively, our overall record, nine and six. Our big easy bets, collective record, three and three. So uh, like I said, reverse of last year. We're clicking in the NFL and we are struggling in college, but we look to turn that around this week. So clear dude, talking about the Saints fucking grinds my goddamn gears. Um all right, first bet I'm taking. I think it's 11 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, you got Texas versus TCU. TCU's 13-point underdogs. Uh, Texas squeaked out a win last week against uh, Texas Tech. I believe Justin, who we had on the pod last week, was on Texas Tech. Um, so they covered the spread, but Texas Tech blew this game. Blew it big time. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but they were up like, think 10 points in the fourth quarter and the, yeah, let, let him get an onside kick i um, heard about it at least so texas was five of 16 on third down which is something to be worried about um got outscored 21 to 7 in the third quarter which obviously gave texas tech the lead uh sam ellinger was 27 of 40 262 yards five touchdowns or, or no 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 yeah yeah 262 five touchdowns one interception um josh moore five catches 73 yards and three touchdowns uh, so flip side, TCU uh, was 8 of 16 on third down against Iowa State. Pretty good, right around 50, 50% exactly. Um, they hurt themselves, nine penalties, 66 yards. They had two turnovers, one fumble, one interception. Um, I didn't watch – I didn't get to watch this game as close as I would have liked, but they had Max Duggan went 16 of 19, 241 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. And then they had Matthew Downing. Go 11 for 21, 159 yards and one These touchdown. These are TCU's quarterbacks? Yes. I'm going to let you know, Um, I didn't – yeah, we were moving around a lot on Saturday. Yeah, we were. And But I did see a highlight on Come On Man. Yeah. And uh, there uh, – however you want to say it, this game shouldn't even been as close as it was when it was nine points with as seconds were running out and then TCU scored – Um that late touchdown. What do you mean it shouldn't have been as close as it was? Because there was a play where, like, Brock Purdy was getting sacked, and he, like, kind of got spun, and he was trying to throw the ball away, but he threw it, like, backwards, Mm -hmm. right into the hands of a TCU defender that just walked into the end zone. Really? I didn't even see that. You're talking about the Iowa State game? Yep. Yeah. I did not see that. So, yeah, I mean – I mean, yeah, that's – there were so many games on, and like you said, we were moving. Um, so, yeah, let's see. So, yeah, the, he did have a pick, but it wasn't uh, – Duggan had an interception, but it wasn't his fault. It was thrown right to his receiver, and the receiver kind of jumped up and, like, hit off his knee. So it was picked off by Iowa State. Uh, big issue was TCU gave up 213 rushing yards. Um, Iowa State ran all over them. It was in chunk plays, which helped me last week. But, um, I mean, that's 
that's not good. Uh, I think play play action is going to be open all day for Sam Ellinger. Uh, my gut, honestly, is telling me to take TCU here. Gary Patterson just gifted me a cover. Um, but that's why I'm going to take Texas, minus 13. I think Sam Ellinger, I mean, he's playing lights out. Um, I'm trying to look into more, like, what's going on. I know I know Duggan had surgery, um, like, in the off season, And they're, they've been saying he's still trying to get into shape and all of that. Um but, yeah, no, I'm going to take Texas minus 13 here with the points. I think uh, – I mean, the defense has got to play better, uh, obviously. But I don't know that TCU is going to be able to keep up with them. So, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I think it's probably a good bet. <laughs> There's no fucking such thing as a probably a good bet in college this year. It's a who the fuck knows at this point. But no. Yeah, I think so. But I think I'm getting a little bit better feel of these things. Do you? This week, yeah. All right, well, give me one. It's 11 o'clock on ESPN2. You got Arkansas State, three-point favorites, going against Coastal Carolina. Arkansas State runs a two-quarterback system with Logan Bonner and Lane Hatcher. Uh, Lane Hatcher seems to be the more effective quarterback, but Bonner plays a little bit more snaps, throws the ball more than Hatcher. Um to me, I don't know. Look, Looking at Coastal Carolina, they got a pretty good quarterback. Um, Grayson McCall, I think he's a true freshman. Uh, Coastal Carolina like runs this spread-type offense with the triple option infused in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very effective offense from what I've seen in the first two or three weeks of them playing football. Um, Coastal Carolina's defense has struggled on third down this season, but on offense, Coastal Carolina converts – 60% of their third down conversions, which is really good. Um, I think Coastal Carolina's defense is going to come up with a couple of turnovers in this one. And I, and that, along with the quarterback play from Grayson McCall, I'm going to take the Coastal Carolina chant to clears plus three. <laughs> all right. I like it. Um, all right. Next one I got. Uh, I'm going back to the well. Taking Florida. I think I got it at 17. I don't know where the line's at now. Um, but let's see. I'll get an updated line for you. But, yeah, Florida is taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, Carolina just lost to Tennessee, which I'm not really buying the hype on this Tennessee team. I don't know if you are. Have you Have you seen it? Have you watched them at all? I didn't watch them uh, on Saturday. So, I mean, it's hard for me to tell you to I say anything. I know they anything, still have Jared Guartano. I do realize like they won their last six games last season, mm-hmm. which is a big deal, especially playing in the SEC. But uh, they did play a l- little bit of a close one with South Carolina last week. So, yeah, no, they did. It wasn't it wasn't a uh, blowout by any means. Tennessee won thirty one to uh, twenty seven. So, turn yeah, up- I think the spread was three and a half there. That just shows you how close I these know. spreads have been going. I've lost. I've pushed on a bet, and I've lost on two bets by half a point this year. Yeah. No, I know. We, we've had a, a, quite a few close ones. But uh, turnovers killed the Gamecocks here. They had a fumble and an interception. Uh, they allowed 133 rushing yards on the ground and only had 89 for themselves. They averaged 2.5 yards per carry. Um, Florida, as I said before, fucking lit it up. 642 total yards of offense, 196 rushing yards, 6.8 yards a carry. They were 6 of 10 on third down. This is going to be another case of can the opposing team's offense keep up because this, I mean, 
Florida is turning into one of my sleepers for sure. It was fucking really nice to see Pitts perform. Like I, I said to all of those numbers, you can bump them up from last season. I didn't know the dude was going to go for 170 yards and four touchdowns. I don't think that anybody did. Um, but I'm putting my faith back in the Kyle to Kyle connection. And then you got Damian Pierce and Malik Davis in the backfield rushing the ball. Um, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. He's their, he's their go-to guy. Like he's their, he's their move the chains guy. Uh, that 100%. dude's a very good football player. Yeah, he is. Uh, the receiver. Uh, so yeah, the Florida defense, it did, it looked pedestrian at best, but I don't expect Todd Grantham to allow another showing that bad. Um, I think he's going to rally the troops, get the guys going. Whatever you do, keep fucking Emory Jones off the field because that was the only turnover that they had when he decided to just throw a pop fly of an interception. So keep him off the field. We'll be fine. Let Tr- Kyle Trask throw for fucking six touchdowns again. I'm taking Florida minus 17. Yeah, I, I think the defense will be better this game. Ole Miss's offense is a good offense. They led the SEC in rushing last year. And then you bring Lane Kiffin, who's going to incorporate a lot of play action and mm-hmm. uh, really catch the defense slipping a lot. And that's what he did against Florida. Yep. Uh, it's what he did first career at Alabama, mm-hmm. which made Alabama's offense so good. Um, so, yeah, I think that this could be a good bet because you're not going against a, a, a really good offense like Ole Miss is. And I, I do believe Ole Miss has a good offense. Yeah, and, I mean, we saw what fucking Kyle Pitts can do. Oh, Florida's offense is, is the real deal. Kyle Pitts is a fucking stud, dude. He, they look, have he looks like Greg makers. Monroe, but he fucking doesn't run like Greg Monroe, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um. All right, give me another one. 25 Memphis taking on SMU. Interesting. It's going to be short here. Shane Bouchel has really talented wide receiver corps. I think that SMU can move the ball uh, very well, maybe unlike any team in, in the country. I mean, just the wide receivers they have, and I've watched uh, their games this year, they've been able to, I don't know, they get the ball and they can score with it qu- mm-hmm. and take some long plays for touchdowns. I, I just think it's going to be hard for Memphis defense who struggled in their only game this year against Arkansas State. Uh, I just think it's going to be kind of hard for them to slow down SMU's high-powered offense. I do expect this one to be a high-scoring game. I think the over-under is 75. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to take SMU plus three in this game. Okay. I think they get revenge from last season's loss. Okay. I like it. Um, All right, I got another one. Uh, You might have this one as well. Um, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State plus six-and-a-half point uh, underdogs. So – yeah, Cyclones, six-and-a-half-point underdogs. We just saw Oklahoma lose to Kansas State outright after being, like, fucking 27-point favorites, I think. They lost 38-35. to 35. Uh, Surprisingly to everybody, the best t- dual-threat quarterback on the field was not Spencer Rattler, but it was Skylar Thompson for uh, Kansas State. Uh, Rattler was 30 of 41, 387 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. Seemed like every damn play there was a penalty. A total of twenty three penalties were called. A uh, very sloppy game. Uh, Oklahoma overall had four turnovers. The three picks by Rattler, and they also had a fumble. Uh, honestly, they dominated in every single category except the turnover battle. And I mean, you lose the turnover battle, there's a good chance you'll lose this game. You lose the turnover battle four to nothing. I mean, you better lose the game. Um. They managed to hold Kansas State to 2 of 11 on third down, but they did pick up 
both of their fourth down conversion attempts. So four of 11 on conversion downs or four of 13 on conversion downs. Um, Iowa State had some big chunk plays in the run game last week that helped them. Uh, like we were talking about earlier with that Russian attack uh, helped me last week. I don't expect that to happen this week. Uh, you can't bank on like 75-yard Russian plays. Um, I, Oklahoma's defense played for the most part. I mean, they they were able they held them into a good third down conversion percentage. Um, just they kept getting put back on the field with those turnovers. I expect Spencer, Spencer Rattler to take a lot better care of the ball and uh, for Oklahoma to come out and really make a statement here after being shocked by Kansas State. Um, so I'm taking Oklahoma minus six and a half. Yeah, looking at this game last year, Oklahoma squeaked by in a 42 to 41 victory against Iowa State. Um, obviously, a lot of people were high on Iowa State to possibly be a dark horse to win the Big 12 this year. Um, I'm not one of the – and the interesting thing here is that when Oklahoma lost to Kansas State last year, mm-hmm. their following game was Iowa State. Um, so they played a close one after a loss, but I just think that this is a, a different team. I think looking at that – Looking at that Kansas State game, uh, the speed of that running back that they have, that little mm-hmm. running back, gave Oklahoma a little bit of problems, uh, let up a couple big touchdowns, I believe. Um, I don't think Iowa State has that type of speed that Kansas State has, and I think Oklahoma looks to bounce back and reassert themselves as one of the better teams in the country. Um, I mean – I think every time Oklahoma's gotten into the college football playoff, they've had one loss, and it's at times been questionable losses. But uh, they always manage to bounce back, and I I do think that they do bounce back. Even though it was a close game last year, I just think Iowa State is a little bit overhyped. They lost to UL, who's a team that plays like really close games. But I don't know. I just think Iowa State – doesn't have the amount of offensive pow, uh, power on their side, like as far as big plays and uh, stuff like that, mm-hmm. Iowa State. But Oklahoma does, and I think that Spencer Rattler does bounce back this week and he doesn't turn the ball over. And I do think that they win by more than a touchdown for sure. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy didn't light it up against TCU. He played a good game, but he didn't play a great game. 18-23, 211 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, so Brock Purdy was a dark horse for the Heisman, and he is not showing that. Um, the biggest difference in this game was Iowa State uh, rushing the ball. Uh, their starting running back had 18 carries, 155 yards, and three touchdowns. A 75-yard touchdown was his longest run. Um, neutralize that, make Brock Purdy throw. I don't know that they can keep up with Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners, um, who have got to bounce back. They've got to bounce back in this week. Um, I'm going to be honest. That is going to be my big easy bet, minus six. Yeah, I think it's a good bet because look, looking at last year, Oklahoma played Iowa State close. It was a one-point game, but Oklahoma turned the ball over two times. I don't see Oklahoma turning the ball over this week. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think that that's a, a point of emphasis for them going into this week is to protect the football, and I think that they're able to do that. I think that – they need to maybe try to run the ball a little bit more, not put as much pressure on Rattler, um, but also don't, you know, put training wheels on them. Let them still sling it out there and yeah, make 100%. plays. Definitely. 
Um, all right, so we're both in agreement there. Uh, next game I have is Tulsa at UCF. UCF's 21.5-point favorites, and I'm doing it again. I'm going back to the back to old reliable, even though they didn't really pay off for me. Um, Dylan Gabriel 100% should be in the Heisman conversation. He is a flat-out stud. Through two games, he has 825 yards, eight touchdowns, and one pick. I'm pretty sure the interception was a tip ball. Uh, UCF should have covered this game easily, like I said earlier. Late backdoor touchdown screwed him. Uh, on bad beats, all of that should have been an easy cover. Tulsa struggled to get uh, to move the ball against Oklahoma State. They lost sixteen to seven. So their defense played well against what was expected to be a very talented Oklahoma State team. Um, only two hundred and seventy-seven yards of offense for Tulsa, though. I do not see them shutting down Dylan Gabriel in this UCF offense. This UCF offense is dynamic. They got a lot of speed on the outside. Dylan Gabriel is very, very good. I don't think they will be able to keep up. I expect UCF's defense to play uh, better, and they're a much better defense than what the statistics show. Um, so I'm going back to the well here. I'm going UCF minus 21 and a half. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. I'm not going with it, but um, Every, just because Tulsa did play Oklahoma State a little bit close, I know Oklahoma State starting quarterback got out, and their starting wide, their best wide receiver was a Bolitnikoff finalist. I don't recall his name was like out of a lot of key plays in that game. I don't know if he was going through any injuries, but yeah. Yeah. I think um that yeah, I just think UCF's offense is too strong. Yeah, no. I, I do too. All right, give me another one. Uh, I'm going with my big easy bet of the week, number 7 Auburn. Oh, good. Traveling on the road to take on number 4 Georgia. Georgia's 7-point favorites. Um look, Georgia looked not that good in the first half. Uh, they still don't know who their starting quarterback's going to be. It's like a three-way race between uh, this. So, so I wanted to talk about this one. I didn't know you were going to make it your big easy bet. No, yeah, it's already in. 100%. Yeah. Like you feel that good about it. Yeah. Even after seeing what Georgia's defense did in the second half. Or really yeah. really all game, not even in the but second half, look, what their defense did They played all good, game. but I think that the key here is that Auburn does have a, a capable defense. And I think there's just still too many question marks for Georgia's offense, even though I think they said JT they Daniels, started to move the ball. JT Daniels, yeah, he's in the cleared, mix now, but uh, that puts three quarterbacks dude, in there. It was a five-star recruit. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I have an idea which side I'm leaning, but this one worries me. We don't know what Bo Nix is going to do against a really good defense, in my opinion. Kentucky's a good team. But they don't have a defense like Georgia. No, but their defensive line is, uh, to me, is one of the better defensive lines in the SEC, talking yeah. about Kentucky's here. But I yeah, think yeah. Georgia's is also pretty good. But looking at last week, Bo Nix was only sacked one time by Kentucky. Yeah. And on the other hand, I mean, he can't keep the play Georgia's alive. defense only sacked Felipe Franks two times. Yeah. So. it's a good point. Um. That was like the main thing that I wanted to look at before I placed this bet was uh, if, if, and I do think that Bo Nix is going to have enough time to deliver the ball to their very talented wide receiver corps. Uh, I I personally think Auburn has a good shot at winning this game. I think George is still overrated. Yeah, well, you've been saying that all for the last three months. So. I think, look, if it wasn't for that, that safety, not only did it come in a time where the game was super close for Arkansas. Yeah. But, yeah, that, like, took a lot of momentum away mm. from Arkansas and placed it in the hands of, of Georgia. I think Bo Nix is going to have to take care of the ball. Yeah. Um, 
this is going to – and that Auburn game, I mean, they handled Kentucky. It should have been even a more decisive win if that pick six doesn't get called back. Um, if Bo Nix th- – this is going to have to be Bo Nix's coming out party, in my opinion. Like, if he's going to be who they expect him to be, he's going to have to show it on Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's going to have to come out. So I, I think I'll tell you here. Uh, uh, that's where I was leaning – but I wanted to hear what you had to say. I wasn't expecting it to be your big easy bet, but well, I knew that I knew this game was coming. And, half. and what I said before this game is, is let Auburn be underdogs. Yeah, I said let them be underdogs. And before I even saw the spread, I was saying if they're underdogs, I'm betting on them. When I saw seven points, I said hell yeah, let's go. You got it at seven. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Then yeah. All right, I'm gonna follow you. I mean, yeah. Bo Nix, I mean, he looked good. Don't get me wrong. It's just look, he still missed some throws. That but receiver is fucking incredible. That yeah, Seth too. Williams is very good, but they also have two other good receivers, and uh, one of them has a lot of speed. So, I think that I don't what, like the way they mix up their play calling. Yeah, uh, they're gonna have to establish the run, but I think that there's too many question marks on Arkansas's offense, and I think that they're going against a better defense this week. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, I think Gus Malzahn can definitely scheme up something good. I like I like him more than I like Kirby Smart. Let's put it that way. I don't think Kirby Smart's that great of a coach. Yeah. So I'll roll with you there. We're both on the Auburn Tigers minus seven versus Georgia. Um, Auburn Tigers plus seven. Plus seven. Um, so I don't. I I didn't take it. I stayed away from it, and I'm pretty sure you said you stayed away from it as well. But this Alabama and A and M game. A and M plus sixteen and a half, or is it may it may even be seventeen now for all I know. But um sixteen and a half to seventeen point, I'll get you an exact right here in two seconds. Um underdogs? Yeah, seventeen. Seventeen point underdogs as number thirteen team in the nation? Yeah. You feel like that's right? Well, I'm wondering what the hell happened last week against Vanderbilt. They did not look good. When they won seventeen to twelve. Yeah. Against Vanderbilt. So look, if I were to bet this game, it'd definitely be on Alabama. But I'm looking at last year's game, and it's something you got to do in the SEC because these teams are similar to to what they were last year. I don't think Alabama's quite as strong on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, Alabama won by 21 points last year, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you're getting a little bit close there. I mean, I, if, I, if I'm betting this, I'm taking Bama too. But it just, I mean. It's a lot of points. I, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I can't go. There's a reason I'm staying away one from week it for both. One because week. I didn't get to watch A and M, and I don't. Yeah. It looks like statistically they weren't that ineffective. Like they were able to run a ball. Kellamon didn't uh, completed a good percentage of his passes, but I just wonder why they weren't able to bust it open against uh, Vanderbilt, who they were like thirty something point, thirty and a half point favorites yeah. against. No, I know. And then Bama looked fucking good. Mac Jones was throwing a fucking perfect ball all night. He threw one ball to Jalen Waddle on the left side, um, deep ball, left corner of the end zone. That was fucking. It's like he handed it directly to him. It was a fucking gorgeous throw. Um, and then you got Devonte Smith on the other side, Najee Harris. I mean, they got weapons on weapons on weapons. So, Kellamon better figure it out, or they're going to be in for a long day. So I'm going to yeah, stay really away from it. Yeah, I really wish I would have been able to watch that game but I wasn't yeah. so that's why I'm really staying away from it I did see Alabama and they do look strong yep they look strong on defense as well um yeah their defensive statistics are are uh deceiving because they pulled the starters in the third quarter yeah uh, they gave up 322 total yards of offense but that's why I I, I just got to see them I will be watching this game closely 
Um, I'll be kicking back on the couch watching this game 100%. Um, but I'm staying away from it. I'm not taking it. I'm going to wait and see um, how they both look. So it sounds like you're doing the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from it for now. Okay, do you have any more college picks? Yeah, one more. Well, what is it? Going to the well, we're going to try it one more time. We've got Arkansas going. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to take LSU. No, no, no. Okay. But it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. I, I really I did. I but 20 points seems to be a lot to me. Uh, this is a game that I could see it coming down to like. I think we're going to kick the shit out of them, but I can't. That, that that could be wishful thinking. Like Yeah. No, but I mean, what I saw, that's what I said. I'd like to see Vanderbilt and what they were able to do. Well, how they keep that game so close, I, I, I really don't know. But, um, look, I think Arkansas, is they're going to be able to keep this game closer than 18 points against Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's coming off of a – You think Arkansas's defense is going to stop that air raid? It's not even about – it's – um. I just think 18 points is too much for that, especially – look, you look at Mike Leach's history mm-hmm. at Washington State. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I know all about it because I used to bet on that bastard. <laughs> well uh, – No, yeah, he likes to blow some big leads. Yeah, like they'll get out to leagues and then they, their defense is suspect at times. Look, I know it looked – the pass rushes would tricked LSU. They were able to trick LSU's offensive line. The protections weren't there for LSU. I think – Arkansas is going to be able to block this pass rush. And I think Arkansas is going to put up some points too. You might want to look at the over. I'm not sure what it is right now, but I'm definitely going to be taking Arkansas plus 18. I think that's just too many points for an offense that could stumble after having a really good week. Like if if they throw incompletions, obviously they're not a team that's going to be able to run the ball a whole bunch. So if they throw incompletions on third down – they could get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. So that's your last pick? Yeah. All right. Recap real quick, then we'll do our NFL picks. Um, I am taking Texas minus 13, Florida minus 17, uh, Oklahoma minus 6.5, UCF minus 21.5, and, and then I'm taking Auburn plus 7 um, against Georgia. I have Coastal Carolina plus 3, SMU plus 3. I have... Auburn as my big easy bet plus seven. I have Arkansas plus eighteen, and I have Oklahoma minus six and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, there you have it for college picks. Um, like I said, we're going to try to turn it around this week. Very, very close to having a good week uh, last week, but a couple backdoor covers fucking smacked me right across the face. Um, all right, NFL Week Four coming up. We have been doing well in the NFL. So we're going to look to keep that going. We got our first Thursday night win, or I got my first Thursday night win. It should have fucking two, but Nick's got two. Um, it is a fucking snooze fest. It's worse than last week. You couldn't believe that it could be worse, but it is. We have the 0-3 Broncos going to New York. Uh, drum roll. Either fucking New York team sucks dick. So to take on the 0-3 Jets, and the Broncos are three-point favorites. I, I think this game's even now. Is it even? Yeah. It okay. Good. <laughs> I'm like, how are they three point favorites? They fucking sucked. They yeah. the Broncos did shit. Um, I'm leaning Jets, but I don't know about you. I'm leaning Jets solely because of Sam Darnold, Jeff Driscoll. You don't win games with a name like Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, it's so hard to bet on the Jets. No, yeah, this is just so. I would never touch this fucking game. 
if we didn't have to pick every Thursday night game. So um, I don't know what the over-under is, but I would almost blindly take the under. I don't know about you. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. But I, I haven't looked at the under. I'll pull it up. But give me your thoughts on uh on the game as a whole. I don't know, dude. I think this is like the worst matchup ever for a primetime game. It's got to be. I mean, look, both of the, these teams are at the bottom of the league as far as talent goes and all that. Yeah, no, they 100% are. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to the Thursday night game. I'm going to do the rest of my NFL picks, and then we'll come back and touch on the Thursday night game. All right. So, all right. I really only have three picks that I'm taking this week. Um, and on, honestly, I'm going to go with the Saints starting off. We got it. It's, it's must-win time. It is. It's must-win time. It's not do or die, I guess, but it's a must-win just because you got to go out there and show everybody that – we are still as advertised. We're we're still the team. So Saints are minus four on the road versus the Lions. On the road doesn't really mean much. I don't know if Detroit is having fans or not, but um, believe it or not, the Lions give up more yards than the Saints do. Lions give up uh, – Saints give up 368 yards of offense, and uh, the Lions give up 423. So we got to clean up the penalties, obviously. We got to keep the ball in Drew Brees' hands. Keep the ball in Drew Brees' hands. He did not play a bad game like everybody wants to say. He did not play a bad game. That is a Green Bay Packers team that will be competing for a Super Bowl. They will make they will make the playoffs and they will make a deep run, I am sure. So we might wind up seeing them again. But so yeah, I have it written down. It's a borderline must win game for the Saints. Uh four point favorites on the road. Uh this Lions team just got trashed by the Packers. They squeaked out a win last week uh, over an unproven Arizona team, and then I'm pretty sure they lost to the Bears as well. Um, Not good teams. Packers ran over them, taking the Saints minus four. It's going to be my lock of the week, big easy bet of the week. Um, So I'm hammering it. So you should follow me there, I feel. It's it's borderline must-win time. So next pick, I am going to take uh, the Ravens minus 13 at Washington also known as the Redskins. Baltimore, obviously, we just saw what happened on Monday. Baltimore just got roughed up big time on prime time. I think they bounced back in a big way this week. Washington is not good. Washington is nowhere near on the level of Baltimore. I think Baltimore, I mean, when you get smacked in your mouth, you got to respond. So 13-point favorites, I'm going to take them here. Two-touchdown spread, basically. Win by two touchdowns, you win the, you win your bet. I'm rolling with the Ravens here. It's a, I mean... The Redskins lost to the Browns last week, thirty-four to twenty. We saw what Baltimore did to uh, did to Cleveland week one. That uh, Cleveland had six points. They scored one touchdown. Um, so taking the uh, taking the Ravens here. Then you got the Rams taking on the Giants, twelve point spread. Rams twelve point favorites. I don't think that you can make this spread wide enough. I don't think that. I mean, we just saw the Giants take on the 49ers, and I mean, absolutely just got run out of the building by a 49ers team that is missing their starting quarterback, their starting running back, missing um, their best defensive end, they're missing uh, a D tackle. I mean, literally, the 49ers are the most hurt team in the league. It's not even funny. Uh, and they just beat the Giants 36 to 9. 
36 to 9. Daniel Jones was 17 of 32, 179 yards and one interception. Didn't throw a touchdown. I mean, it does not really get much worse than that. Um, he led the team in rushing. Devontae Freeman, yeah, big pickup. Everybody was excited about that. Yeah, he had five carries for 10 yards. His longest rush was six yards. Daniel Jones led the team in rushing with 49 yards on the mo- the majority coming on a 23-yard rush. So, I mean, I don't think that this spread could be wide enough. I think you got to hammer the Rams here, minus 12. Um, the Giants are the worst team in football. It's not even close. Absolute worst team in football. I don't know if you were looking at this game or not, but, I mean, 12 points, I don't feel like you can make this spread wide enough. Yeah, I was, I, I was looking at it. I didn't end up batting it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. The Rams, look, they had to come back against the Bills. They ended up loot. I think they got hosed on a pass interference call. Yeah. Good for them. I didn't see it, but I did hear about it. Yeah, but. I didn't see it either, but I heard I heard about it. But, yeah. But, yeah, look, the Rams – Offense is, uh, I guess it was stoppable for a little bit there against mm-hmm. the Bills. I think it was 28-3 to three at one point. Yeah. Uh, and then they really opened it up, and they were leading 30-something. It was 35-32 to 32 or something. And yeah, then, they were up like four at one point. Yeah. And then the um, Bills got that pass interference call and were able to score a game one and touchdown. Yeah, they ended up winning 35-32. to 32. The Bills won. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, that's what I – the Giants just lost 36-9 to to the 49ers with all backups. Yeah. I feel like you can't make this spread wide enough. So um, that that's all I have this week. Uh, I'll let you go into your picks, but to recap, well, then we'll talk about the Thursday pick. But my three picks other than the Thursday pick, Saints minus four, that's my big easy bet, uh, Ravens minus 13, and Rams minus 12. A couple big spreads. Okay. Um I'm on you with the Saints. Yeah, this is borderline must win. Uh, Saints minus four against the Lions. Look, the Lions don't have shit for a run defense. Uh, the Saints know they have to run the ball. They can't abandon the run like they seem to do a little bit on Monday night against the Packers, who also have a little bit str- their own struggle stopping the run. But uh, the Lions are worse than the Packers at stopping the run. Big time. So I think... Um, the Saints are going to bounce back with a win, and they're going to win big. Uh, I think that the Lions' offense is also a little bit struggling here uh, on third down. They they allow their quarterback to get pressured a little bit too much, and then they uh, the accuracy from their quarterback has been struggling. But um, I don't know. I just see the Saints winning this by. Uh, Maybe even double digits. I'm going to make the Saints minus four my big easy bet this week. It's mine as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Saints struggle in September. They always do. But in October, the Saints are 38-13 and under Sean Payton with a 74.5% winning percentage. I don't know about y'all, but it is September 29th. So uh, come game time, it'll be October 4th. Uh, We win in October. Apparently, we struggle in September. So uh, this is the biggest lock of the week, I think not even just being a homer. I don't see how you don't hammer this. So um, what else you got? You got another one? Um, Colts minus two and a half going against the Bears. I was looking at it. I'm going to go with the Bears. Really? Yeah. I stayed away. I was looking Colts, but you think Nick Foles is going to get it done? I think so, dude. I just think You that think the Bears are going to be 4-0? Oh. 
Uh, they could lose by one, I guess, <laughs> or two. But, um, yeah. No, I think it's very possible because you look – their defense is okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty good defense, not as good as they once were. Not but it was for that one year, but yeah. But they are still good. Yeah, an above-average defense, I would say. And then I don't think that they're not going against anything like Atlanta's offense this week. Mm-mm. To me, I just don't think the Colts' offense is all that powerful with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. Yeah, but no, no. I'm obviously it's no secret. I'm not big on Phillip Rivers. Haven't been I? Just for years. think like what I've seen from Mitchell Trubisky and the the Bears' offense for the past few years that he's been their quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's like him. When he's playing good, the Bears can move the ball and the Bears can score touchdowns. Yeah. But when he's playing bad, they can't. And I just think that Nick Foles is going to be able to make the throws that Trubisky misses. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I I do think that they have enough weapons on that offense for the Bears to score points. And I think that Nick Foles definitely gives this entire team a fresh outlook at at this whole season. And I think uh, the Bears could end up cementing themselves as a playoff team this year under Nick Foles as quarterback. Interesting. I don't know that I'm willing to take that jump, but I mean. I mean, they got three wins already, and two of them really came with a quarterback that wasn't playing very well, and they really should have. They got lucky and got a third win, but it was really Nick Foles that pulled them out and the Falcons' poor play calling and execution in the fourth quarter, but. No, yeah, Um, win's a win. No, I still think that, you know, what you saw out of Nick Foles, his ability to come in with his team down, I mean, still, it doesn't matter how bad the team you're playing against blows it, you still got to execute, and he did. He really threw four touchdowns. Two of them got uh, called back because the receiver dropped the ball in the end zone two times. Yep, yep. Um, All right, you got another one? Uh, the The Broncos and the Jets. That's your last one. Who did you end it up? I didn't I didn't decide yet. I said we would come back to it. Um <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it is an even spread now. Um So the Bron- the Jets were three point underdogs? No, the Broncos were three point favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jets were three point underdogs, yes. Yeah, so a lot of people have been hitting the Jets button for the bets. Yeah, to bring this bring this down. Um obviously Jets are 0 and 3 and they're 0 and 3 against the spread. Um Broncos are 0 and 3, 2 and 1 against the spread. Ay 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 ay. Both give up right around 380 yards a game. Um Yeah, I mean I don't really know to be quite honest with you. I don't really want to touch this game at all over under sitting at 40. Yeah, that's not a lot of points at all. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Uh, points per game, Denver averages 15, Jets average 12. So, <laughs> um, I don't, dude, I don't even want to take it. I don't want to take this pick at all, but give me, see, this is a game that screams take the under and it's going to fucking hit the over by 20 points. Like, there'll be pick six fucking galore. Yeah, I would be, I would, uh. Shy away from this under, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because it is prime time. Um, yeah, but there's been some fucking snooze fests on Thursday. I'm seriously concerned with the Broncos right now. Yeah. And I mean, their I mean, quarterback they, situation. They have the better, the, they have the best running back in Melvin Gordon. Um, I like Noah Font, or Fant, however you pronounce it, at tight end. Um, I like Jerry Judy, a wide receiver. 
like Jerry Judy a lot. I think he's going to be very good. Um, but I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Who are you taking? <laughs> I'm going to go with the goddamn Jets. Really? Yep. I have to. I just feel like this is one of those games where, you know, like nobody's going to want to bet on the Jets. Yeah. No, 100%. And like a lot of people are going to be. But I just think, look, they they have too many questions over there for the Broncos. I mean, at least the Jets know who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. And the that, Broncos are considering splitting snaps between some two scrubs, you know. So, Drew Locke's going to be out this week, I'm fairly sure. He is, yeah. And uh, Do you know who the leading receiver is for the Jets? No. You got to guess. Is it Crowder? You would think. Yeah, that's what I guess, but I know he was injured. It's Braxton Berrios. Mm. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Me neither. Uh, their leading rusher. Fancy a guess? I, I wouldn't be able to. Frank Gore. Oh, Frank Gore. Yeah, that's a big... Frank Gore's played in a million football games. He's 37. So your leading rusher is 37 years old. Um, But whatever. I'll take him too. Fuck it. I'll take the Jets. If it's a pick em, yeah, I'll take the Jets. Pencil me down. Uh, so, yeah, recap my picks real quick. Thursday night, Jets on a pick em. Uh My lock of the week, big easy bet. Saints minus four. I'm taking the Ravens minus 13, and I'm taking the Rams minus 12. I don't think you can make this spread wide enough. Um, four picks, week four, NFL. What You can go ahead and recap yours real quick. Taking the Jets and a pick em. Taking the Bears plus two and a half, and I'm taking the Saints minus four. Okay. That's my big easy bet. So, Obviously, we've been doing well in the NFL. Nick's been doing very well, 9-3. and three. Um, I mean, fucking 75%. Can't get much better than that. Um, all right. I mean, that'll do it. You got anything to say before we go? Nope. So, college picks, NFL picks, got them all. Uh, just for the record, Israel Adesanya put on a fucking show on Saturday. I cashed in with a last-second uh, prop bet for Adesanya to win by a second-round knockout. Didn't even know it until post-fight interviews um for, totally forgot about it so i had a very profitable weekend even though it didn't appear to be as such on the podcast uh between that teaser and adesanya i had a fucking great week um but all right that'll do it for episode 56 of the big easy bets podcast if you guys have any questions on any games that we didn't touch on uh message us either on facebook uh at the tng facebook page you can go to the big easy bets twitter page you can go to the website you can go anywhere we're very easily accessible so um all right you guys have a good one that'll do it we'll be back next week who that we do we